for Your Good Ministries International, a ministry going into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters cover the sea. This series is teaching on the law of first reference, that is, how we begin or upon what do we establish all things in our lives, and the law of first institution, that is, to what do we first work all things out in our lives. And now, here's Abraham. Well, a very good day again to all of those who are listening to and or viewing this episode. My name is Abraham Foss of For Your Good Ministries International. And it always is my great privilege and appreciated opportunity to share from the Word of God. This is the fourth of a series of episodes that we're referring to as the Law of First Reference. And therefrom we're going to speak into and teach from what's called the Law of First Institution. We won't be able to go back to all that we taught in the first three episodes, but just a brief introduction for those who may be watching the first time. Whilst you're also encouraged to perhaps go back and listen to the first three episodes, so that picking up from where we go today will be a little bit easier for yourself. That said, nevertheless, let's just give a brief review of what we've spoken to. So the law of first reference, we said, was our starting point in any area of our lives. Now, there's a great wisdom to gain to the Word of God, which is the law of first reference, before we embark on any new season of our lives. We spoke about whether that's starting out in our marriage journey, being a husband, being a wife, being a mother, being a parent, being a son, being a daughter, starting a business, starting a church, how we look at our finances, how we view our health. Whatever the situation might be, the thing we should be doing firstly is going to the one who created all things and by love established and showed us how to do all things. And that's God. And His Word is that that shows us or teaches us, yes, firstly, who He is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but what He created us to be and how to function in every arena of life. And so wisdom is to make decisions currently or presently that will benefit us ultimately or down the journey, the future of our lives. However, for most all of ourselves, myself in some parts of my life, didn't begin certain seasons of my life by first going to the Word of God, which is what we refer to as the law of first reference. What do we refer to first? What is our starting point in anything in our lives? However, we taught from Genesis 1 chapter, pardon me, Genesis chapter 1, Verses 1 through to 3, we spoke about in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We spoke about that verse 2 can represent a dark, failing place. And our lives can be founded there. But verse 3 also teaches us when we go back to the Word of God, we can bring about restoration and change. And we also said that the Holy Spirit engages and only engages with the Word of God. It's like a male with a female. The Holy Spirit needs the Word. So the two work in sync with each other, and together they are powerful and effective. So the Word by itself, devoid of the engagement of the Holy Spirit, 
becomes legalistic. It's a doing orientated to harsh pharmaceutical stance. But the word with the spirit or the spirit with the word brings about the promised absolutes of God's word. God's word was shared was an absolute. It's a definite. It's going to happen when we trust it. So when we receive the word of God by faith, which means we'll have a corresponding action that we'll do the word of God. As we do the word of God, there's a promised result that's always to our advantage, always to our blessing, is always and only ever good for us, because that represents the nature of God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God says, For I, God knows, He says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope, a future, an expected end, an outworked result, is what that scripture is saying. You know, in the case of Jesus, who in John chapter 10 said, and verse 10, he says, I have come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. In other words, live it to the excess, the blessed intention of the heart motive of God. So Jesus came for that. Of course, that scripture closes out, but the thief, he comes. That's in reference to twofold, the Pharisee for one, but secondly, the enemy being Satan, the thief, he comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. Primarily to steal the word of God, because if he can steal the word of God, he can destroy and kill or bring to the place of failure any area of our lives. So God's intention is singularly and only this, that we will live a blessed, abundant life. In other words, live in the fullness of the very kingdom of God. Once we're born again, the kingdom of God lives in us. That kingdom represents the person of God and the substance or the product or the resource of God. Peter says we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. How? By his very great and precious promises. Then he encourages us that through these we can be, we, we become partakers of the divine nature of God. What are those promises? They're the absolutes of God's word. These shall come to pass. The only one outwork result that shall ensue. That's the word of God. So in any area of our lives, best before we journey it, we ready ourselves by the word of God, thereby giving the Holy Spirit matter to bring about a conception to birth something that will represent the very nature, person, and abundance and prosperous God that we serve, because His kingdom resides in us, and God's desire is that His kingdom works through us and becomes evidence in every single area of our lives, that the Word of God becomes manifest to the five senses, becomes apparent and reality into every area of our lives. So all things begin with, everything begins with, because creation began with the Word of God. So the Word of God is the birthing place or the place that brings the Holy Spirit to the point of bringing birth because He brings conception to the Word. And so if your life and your mind is about to embark on a new journey, a new season, something else we seek to pursue, wisdom's counsel is this. Go firstly to the Word of God. Then we're giving the Holy Spirit matter. It brings about a conception. Something begins to grow. We get prepared and ready when we're ready to embark that journey, and only when we're ready, wisdom says, start that journey. We spoke about what God calls something, that's God's intention, but God sends after preparation, 
Preparation is found as completion when we go on to the Word of God and we live that out and it grows like a baby in the womb. It grows and be ready to be birthed, to come out of the womb. When we're ready to be sent, may I say to come out of the womb in any area of our lives, we're now ready for the, the success and the abundance of the promises of God in our lives. However, God is always the one who leaves us with hope. However, if we've stumbled, if we've fallen, if we've failed, if we've broken, if we're downtrodden, wherever we may be at this situation in our lives, how do we bring about a change? How can we get out of that situation? Well, it's always going to be by the Word of God. So we go back to the Word of God, we'll find that we were doing something that's not consistent with the Word of God, thereby leaving the Holy Spirit with no matter to work with. And for that reason, we find ourselves in struggle and maybe to failure, hardship and pain, hurt and anguish. Those all may represent the status of our life in a certain area, or maybe in most every area of our lives. Well, how do we change that? We come back to the law of first reference. We go back to the Word of God. We embrace the Word of God. We trust the Word of God. Those brings our conception to the Word of God, and restoration and change will come. Because God is not a man that He should lie. What He says shall come to pass. So even when things appear impossible, that's not the language of God. Possibility is the only language of God. In any most impossible situation that we could muster up or dream or consider or find ourselves in, God can and willingly wants to change every single situation of struggle in our lives without a singular exception, no matter how bad or far removed is it from God's ideal. God's word is to bless us, not to dictate itself over us or to boss us, but to steer us into the abundant place of God's intention. And so we looked at Genesis 1 verses 1 through to 3 and how God brought about a change. We spoke about the same reference or the law first reference in the case of Mary, when she was going to give birth to Jesus Christ in her womb, or rather from her womb. She had to hear the word of God spoken by the angel of the Lord had to receive that and say yes to it. When she said yes to the word of God, at that split second in time, Jesus was birthed in the womb of Mary. And it did, as the angel said, will come to pass. It did come to pass. The word of God, may I re-emphasize, is an absolute. It will always and only produce after its kind. Whatever that word is or says or encourages us to be or to do, Whatever the word says, it can only and will only thank God for that promise produced after its kind. It's like if I planted an orange tree or an orange seed that produces an orange tree, I'm going to get oranges every single time. There never will be a time that I plant an orange seed and get a lemon or an avocado pear. I'm getting an orange. So when I go to the word as regards marriage or husband or business or church, whatever that context might be, I'm going to reproduce or the product of that seed is going to reproduce itself consistent with the word of God where God says it will come to pass. In other words, there's only one outcome that can come from the word of God. Friends, we can bank on the word of God. It's a sure foundation. The Bible says it's an incorruptible seed. If there's corruption in my life, I haven't embraced the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. 
that seed will always and only produce after its kind. As was the case with Mary, when the angel of the Lord spoke, that word was the word that made reference to Jesus. Who or what came out of the womb of Mary? The person, the glorious person of Jesus. That word spoken, Mary could only birth Jesus. There was no one else coming out of the womb of Mary but Jesus, because that was the promised word of God. That's the absolute word of God. It will always give us what it promises it will. So we can trust the word of God, because God is trustworthy. So let's move on in just a short while and explore other scriptures in this regard. But now we're going to take a short break. And immediately after that break, I'm going to pick up on some other scriptures that reinforce this law of first reference, which is to go to the Word of God firstly, and or even ultimately, if I haven't gone to the Word of God firstly, because when I go to the Word of God from there on, I'm going to get its promised result. If I put faith in it and trust it, it has to come to pass. For Your Good Ministries International, a ministry whose vision it is to go into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters cover the sea. For your good both hosts its own conferences and is also invited into other contexts to train and to teach. To train pastors and leaders and others in the fivefold ministry. Training to church governance with resultant unity. Mediate into and bring about conflict resolution. Training to marriage, family, and parenting. Training to the business sectors on how to be in unity and function successfully, for unity commands a blessing. Trains too into the educational sectors on how to be in unity and function successfully, for unity commands a blessing. For you could also establishes Bible colleges. For Your Good Ministries, ministers on Christian radio, on online platforms, and on various social media platforms. Partner with us for For Your Good Ministries as a heart for all is going into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters cover the sea. And email us for more information on our ministry services or to train into your context. Reach out to us on inquiries at foryourgood.net. Welcome back from the short break. Uh, you would no doubt have seen a little promo ad, so to speak, of what our ministry is about. I encourage you uh, to look into who we are, look at our Val services, visit us on our website, as the uh, little promo ad would have alluded to. And our website is www.foryourgood.net. We would love to connect with you. It's a heart to die as For Your Good Ministries to be there for just that, for your good. If you have a prayer, you can send us an email to prayer at For Your Good. And we pray over those prayer requests on a daily basis and often throughout the day. We trust God, we unite our faith with yours to bring about the promised result of God's intention 
in any area of your life that may be deficient at this point in time. So please send us your prayer request. We would love to. We look forward to praying for you. So let's pick up from where we left off. We had spoken about Genesis 1 verses 1 to 3. And in the book of Luke chapter 1, we would refer to the case of Mary. Now the Holy Spirit brought about a conception to the word that was spoken in her life. I want to now have a brief segue and just talk about uh, what could be the reason for any failure in our life. Well, the prophet Isaiah puts it like this in Isaiah 4 verse 6. And this is God speaking directly to the prophet. So it's the very words of God uttered by the prophet that he sent. And this says as follows. And so God says, my people, so those who knew God in our new Covenant context, we say those who are believers, those who are born again. God is saying that my people are perishing, but you could say failing, or are far removed from the promised intent that I have for them to live an abundant and prosperous life into any area of their lives. God is saying that my people, my believers, the ones who are born again, the ones who have come to know me, they are perishing or failing because of a lack of knowledge. That knowledge that the prophet's referring to is the knowledge of the word of God, which is the knowledge of God himself. So by my lack of knowledge of the word of God, again, let's say in the area of my marriage, my marriage could be perishing or failing, even found in hardship and struggle and or pain. And what is the reason that it's gotten there? Well, thank God we have an answer for that. The other prophets is telling us why we got to the outworking or that result. He's saying we have a lack of knowledge. That knowledge means a few things, but let's just pick up on one or two aspects. The first means knowing the word of God and thereby doing the word of God to get to the intended result of the word of God. So it's not just knowing as a head knowledge, but it's knowing to do. And so God's people were perishing, as is the case in our generation as well. We are perishing because we have a lack of knowing the Word of God and from that doing the Word of God to get the result of the Word of God. So you could say that any deficiency in my life or lack in my life is a deficiency of the knowledge, the knowing, the doing to get the result of God's Word. So a word deficiency, by knowing it to doing it to get its result, is the reason for why we can find failure in different areas, maybe in most all of our lives. Now that's good to know. So we don't know how or why we got there. How can we ever reverse the process to walk in a different direction to find the success that is God's intention for our lives? So what's the reason for why we perish. The reason for why we perish is as Hosea 4 verse 6 says, God speaking, my people perish or fail or struggle or in pain and anguish because of a lack of or a deficiency of or not knowing the word of God that thereby they can do it by faith, trusting it will bring about God's intended result, which is abundant life, said Jesus that we would prosper and be in good health in all things, says 3 John, verse 2. 
So how do we progress to success? How do we either begin an area in our life that will get success? How do we, do, how do we reverse the process of where there may be failure or struggle in our lives? There's always a solution in God. We're never far removed from a solution in God. God is our go-to solution in any situation, circumstance that we begin or that represents demise. We always go back to God. That's the law of first reference. First, you go back to God in every situation. But how do we progress a process where we live in the abundant life that God has for us? So take Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6 and bring it to another portion of Scripture that takes us just a bit deeper. We'll find the answer to that question. So let's look at the book of John chapter 8 from verses 31 through to 32. We'll pick up some good steps of how we progress to live in the abundant life that the Word of God covenantly promises is to be ours to enjoy. So this is now Jesus, and He says as follows to those who believed in Him. He says this. So the first step is this in verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him. So the first step is to believe in Jesus Christ to the point of being born again, and from that to believe His Word which is scripture. So our starting point is to be born again of the Spirit of God. Because when we quickened to the life of Jesus Christ in a spirit man, by believing in Jesus, we have the spirit advantage that takes us to the next steps that has been spoken about. So Jesus says, step number one, if you like, let's look at steps of progress here that bring us to the ultimate intention that God has for us says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. He's addressing those who believe. Yet often is the case that we may believe in Jesus Christ or born again, but we saved and stuck. We're not living the abundant life that Jesus promised he came to give us. He came to give us life. Yes, that's the born again experience. But live an abundant life. That's the outworking of the born again experience in this life on this planet on this earth. So many of us can be found born again, but stuck questioning God. Well, why are things as they are? I'm a born again believer. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yet I'm failing in so many areas of my life. Does this thing work? Could be a question. Yet should not be. Because if we go to what Jesus is now teaching, and we follow that through, we gain to live in the abundant life that God has for us. So first step is to believe in Jesus Christ, to be born again, and from that to believe in the Word of God. For it says as follows, Then Jesus said to those who believed in Him, first step, we need to believe. Secondly, if you abide in my Word, there's a key. Abide means to be stationed, to be unmoved, to be never parted from. So if we dig into, if we delve into, if we search out the Word of God in any area of our lives, that's the next step to take. So firstly, we believe, but believing is to translate itself to abiding in, staying in the Word of God, camping in the Word of God, being resident and not squatting in the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. 
that it becomes life within us. That the Holy Spirit, having brought conception to it, has birthed something that's going to grow and bring about the promised intention that God has for us. So firstly, Jesus says, those who believed in him is the audience that he's addressing. Then he says, if you abide or stay or camp or remain resident in my word, he says, then you are my disciples. Matthew 28, be called to make disciples. How do we do that? Firstly, we lead people to believe. Then we teach them to abide in the word. Only from that do they become disciples. They're not disciples by the born-again experience. They're converts. They saved the born-again. But to be a disciple, we make disciples by leading people to abide in the living, abundant word of God, knowing that its promises shall come to pass. So we teach and train the word of God. We make disciples, the Bible says, by teaching them. It says Matthew 28, verses 18 through to 20. So if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. A disciple is one who follows another to get about the result of the one that they follow. So to get the results that Jesus got, we need to be his disciple. How do we become his disciple? Was well, Firstly, we become born again of the Spirit because of Jesus Christ, by his death, his burial, and we celebrate his resurrection life. And then from that, we abide in his word. We now become his disciple. The Bible says, indeed, in other words, as an absolute, and indeed also can mean by practice, now beginning to walk out the word of God. It says, and then you shall know the truth. That knowing is an absolute knowledge that's now becoming manifested in our lives. In other words, it's an experiential knowledge. It's something that's transpiring. In other words, the fruit of the word of God this promised intention is now becoming prevalent and is evident in that arena area context of my life. So briefly again, then Jesus said to those who believed in him, if you abide in my word, that if means it's dependent on me, not dependent on God, because I have a will that God's given me. I need to make that decision. So Jesus says, if not you will, because God doesn't override my will, because God's given me a will to make my decision. He says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples, indeed. And from that, by having abided in the, in the word, conception by the Holy Spirit has taken place of the word. It's growing to the point that now you shall know the truth. In other words, you shall experience the product of the promise of that word. That's awesome. Those steps of progression produce after their kind an incorruptible seed of the word of God. It says, and then the truth shall make you or set you free. So to be set free from a failing or broken situation, how do I get to that? I firstly believe in Jesus. I abide in his word, thereby and therefrom becoming his disciple, thereby and therefrom Knowing that truth experientially, it's manifested, it's evident, it's a product in my life. And by that product, it pushes out the demise of my brokenness. That truth shall, it will, it's an absolute, there's no other conclusion that can be the outcome. That truth shall set me free. So I encourage as we close out episode four in the series today, trust the word of God. 
Go to the Word of God. Abide in the Word of God. Become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Know that truth that becomes evidence and experience, for it will set you free from any broken situation that may be represented in your life at this time. Thank you for joining us in viewing this program and look forward to meeting with you next week as we continue with this series.